You're listening to the Blind Sports New South Wales podcast. We discuss lifestyle, sports, adventure, and resources for the low vision and blind community throughout the month. Listeners can look forward to giveaways and interactive segments, including interviews with special guests, so be sure to add us on Facebook and Instagram at BlindSportsNSW, and check our website, blindsportsnsw.com.au, to stay up to date with upcoming podcasts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the October edition of the Blind Sports New South Wales podcast. I'm Liza Pertzer, and I'm hosting this alone today. It feels a little weird without my compadre, Jay, who is our Kappa placement student, Um, but I've got a couple of guests for the episode today, so we'll try and keep it exciting. Um, A lot has been going on in the background within our organization, but we're really excited to start putting out these new programs and platforms for you guys. So we'll touch on that a little bit on the episode, um, but let's just get into it. So back on the 31st of August, Blind Sports New South Wales held our special general meeting to discuss a motion which was to purchase a 22-seater bus that would be um, provided through the Variety Sunshine Coaches Program. Our members luckily voted, um, and we are so pleased to announce that we are in the process of receiving the keys to our very own bus. Woohoo! It's a really great program that's delivered by Variety, the children's charity. It caters to organizations who work with children and disability, and our own bus will make it so much easier for us to offer transport to all of you guys and our affiliate sports for events like the youth vision camps, sport trainings, and some of these really exciting programs that we're forming to introduce in 2020. International White Cane Day just passed back um, on last Monday, the 15th of October. It's an internationally recognized day raising awareness for the vision impaired community. And we were really lucky to head up to Gosford and deliver adapted versions of cricket, tennis, and football, little come and try sessions for over 60 adult clients of Vision Australia who were the hosts of the day. We all know how great of an impact sport can have on our well-being and our health, so it was really fun to be a part of that. The day was right on the water, and there were some really fun and different activities that were at the day besides just our sports. There was a circus group who did some tightrope exercises, and there was also a mini cooking competition that was held where they made some crazy dish like paella with chorizo and chicken and got to learn some of the basics of getting around the kitchen and cooking up a tasty meal. It was awesome to see those kind of initiatives being displayed at a day for vision impairment awareness. And NBN News did a great piece on our sports. So be sure to check out their little video that they did featuring Cherie, who recently started to lose her vision and hasn't really been involved in sports for about five years before she got to play cricket and soccer with us. So it was a really fun day. Tennis was also a really big hit at the Gosford Day, and I know that we at Blind Sports New South Wales are really excited to introduce the return of vision-impaired tennis in New South Wales beginning just next month in November. The program will take place over at ACPE here in Sydney Olympic Park. It's perfect for all ages and vision categories, and it really doesn't matter if you're brand new to the sport or you want to become the next big thing in tennis. Just come along for the day. The game's modified to take place on a smaller indoor court, and it's played with an audible, very soft tennis ball, and it's a bit larger, so think about the size of a softball. 
Um, when playing, you get a double bounce before having to hit the ball, and players communicate with the receiver to make sure we're ready on both sides. So it's looking like these sessions will take place uh, on Tuesday nights between 5.30 and 7 p.m. So if you're interested, be sure to keep an eye out for the finalized schedule on our Facebook and social media. Go ahead and head over to our Blind Sports New South Wales website to sign up or reach out to Murray. Murray's getting really involved with this tennis initiative and is actually going to be traveling to Adelaide this weekend to attend the first Aussie tournament ran by Tennis Australia, and he'll bring back all those official rules on the program. The Australian vision-impaired football team just returned from a massive trip up to England to compete in a five-game series against three domestic English teams and the talented FFA English vision-impaired football team. I had the pleasure to catch up with our visionary athlete, Sean Brown, to hear a little bit on his experience overseas. So, um... We flew, um, most of the team flew actually from uh, Sydney to Dubai and then um, any anybody else coming from different states, we met up in Dubai and flew the rest of the way to Manchester. Um, and then when we were in Manchester, we um, just got used to the climate and the time change for about a day. Yeah. Um, and then um, and then straight into some, uh, some warm-up games against some English domestic teams. And um, that went okay. We didn't quite get the results we wanted, but we did get a win um, in one of the games, which was nice. And, um, you know, just getting used to the different courts we were playing on and, um, again, the climate. You know, it wasn't too cold, but it was colder than um, than Australia at the moment. So just getting used to that sort of stuff. Then we did some, um, some sightseeing before we left Manchester. We went to Old Trafford, which is the home of Manchester United, and the Etihad, which is the home of Manchester City. Which was which was awesome, fantastic experience. Never thought I'd um, get to go to those places. And being a, a football fan, I, I absolutely loved it. Um, and then we went from Manchester. We drove two and a half hours, I believe, to a town called Burton, Burton upon Trent, which uh, is the home of St George's Park, which is the head of the English Football Association. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that was um, that was an incredible experience. And imagine a um. A, a country town um, and then right in the middle of it is just a, a farm essentially but instead of uh, cattle and crops it's football fields <laughs> um, it was pretty pretty incredible yeah you live and breathe it over there um, it was was pretty incredible and, and Burton is where we then stayed for three nights and we played the, the English Vision Impaired National Team okay. um, which was Again, an incredible experience, very, very challenging. Um, they're number two in the world. Oh, so um, for us to uh, just have our, you know, our organization up and running for about 18 months now to yeah. go and face them was uh, certainly a challenge. And, you know, we didn't quite get the results we wanted. But um, it was a, a very, very good experience in terms of us realizing where we have to be in terms of ability and in terms of having the organisation set up in a specific way for a, uh, a domestic competition uh, and, you know, more training camps if we can and, and that sort of stuff. I think um, a lot of the boys um, are really determined to, to make a, a real go of this and, and be competitive on the world stage and, and hopefully um, uh, the, next, the next World Cup that we're actually um, able to be a part of, which I think will be in roughly two years, 
and I'm not sure of the location just yet. Hopefully we can get competitive and um, and actually go and you know and have a real crack at that. So I guess kind of backtracking, was there a lot of preparation that you guys did as a team or that you did individually to get ready for this trip to England? So we had two two national camps prior. Um, it's always hard to get um, people together because everybody's so spread out, yeah. people from Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, Perth. And, um, you know, that was that was certainly a challenge. But we did have a couple of training camps beforehand and then everybody's obviously got their individual um, fitness, um, I suppose, uh, routine that they've got to go through to, in order to ensure that they're, they're match ready and, and match fit. Um, so I think on that perspective, you know, that was that was done pretty well. There's not much you can sort of change there, especially when, um, you know, we're playing opposition where um, I think it was um, uh, pretty a month before we got to England, they'd actually completed a week training camp. So we, we usually meet up for about two days um, and then on a weekend and everybody flies home, but they were all, they were together for a week. Okay. So um, it's, uh, it's sometimes hard to compete with that, but um, yeah. that's just the nature of it, of course. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's nice to play a, a program that has that sort of competition and um, and support as well. Yeah. So were, were there a lot of people that turned up to the games? Like, was it a big crowd? Or yeah. Was it... yeah, it was actually a decent crowd. Um both, both games, particularly the first game, um, a lot of English fans, naturally. I think there was probably um, three or four um, Australian fans um, <laughs> out of probably about um, 80 or 90 um, who'd made the trip. And it's, that's, you know, that's pretty nice considering that it's, again, it's really in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, it's sort of like for people who um, have any grasp of... Um, New South Wales country towns, it's sort of like being in Tamworth or Orange or something like that. It's it's really in the middle of nowhere. Um, but um, that was really nice just to have the, the you know, the, the atmosphere there and, and stuff like that, to be able to play in front of people. And it was actually um, England's first competitive game there. You know, they, they played France before then uh, in friendly games there, but they'd never played uh, an international team in a structured competition at St George's Park, so that's nice. Okay, yeah. So was it how many were there any other teams there? No, it was it was a series against England. So the three yeah. warm ups against domestic teams in England, uh, which we did in Manchester. I believe okay. the teams were Birmingham, Merseyside, and one other team that I can't oh Scorpions, I believe. Scorpions. I'm not sure where they're from, but um, those are the three domestic teams of vision impaired futsal teams. Um, and then a two-game series against England uh, at St George's Park, which five games doesn't sound like too many over about nine days, um, but our bodies were certainly uh, certainly showing that it was more than enough. Had a few <laughs> a few injuries, including myself, but um, not nothing too serious. So, you guys um, went to the High Commission as well and had a tour there, or yeah, we went that? to Australia House, which is the um, the High Commission in London. Um, which is that was a pretty pretty awesome experience. Um, very very old building made out of all Australian oak and marble, uh, and everything there is um, from Australia. And it was pretty pretty uh, pretty interesting history lesson. It's the first uh, foreign embassy um, that uh, England allowed in London, so that's pretty awesome as well. Um, it's where they filmed um, a bit of Harry Potter, the first movie, so that was pretty interesting oh, really? as well. 
Yeah, if um, for people who are a bit, bit of a nerd like me, if they remember Gringotts Bank um, in the beginning of the movie where Harry goes and gets his money, yeah. um, that's where they filmed um, for in Australia House. Um, so it's pretty, pretty, pretty interesting place, and uh, got to meet the deputy high commissioner. who's a very, very nice gentleman, um, and a few of his staff members. So they were, you know, very gracious in in hosting us with a few drinks and food, um, and then yeah, giving us a bit of a tour of the place. Yeah, that sounds amazing. It's good that you guys were able to get some sightseeing in as well, instead of just going there for. Football. I'm sure that that was the main priority, obviously, but it's nice to kind of get some downtime. Yeah, I had a bit of time in London to, to go around. We went to Chelsea Stadium, and um, for one of the one of the boys on the team, Sean Fitzpatrick, he's a huge um, Crystal Palace team, which is, sorry, Crystal Palace fan, which is a, a lesser known team in uh, South London. But his mother emailed um, the head of their disability organisation there, and. Um, uh, and actually managed to get him a pretty awesome tour that we went to. So that was pretty nice. Um, yeah, and then had the last day do a little bit of sightseeing. Um, but I'm very keen to go back sometime to, um, to do my own. Had you been before? Was that your first time? No, first time to England. So it was amazing. Yeah, so good. I need to get over there as well. Yeah, you should. It's amazing. Definitely, uh, definitely somewhere I'm going to go back to in the future, hopefully in the near future. Yeah, maybe during summer, when it's summer. Yes, but. actually, that, that wouldn't be a bad idea. <laughs> so what's kind of next for your program? Do you guys have anything ready to go for 2020? Are you guys doing some downtime now to kind of regroup? And I think um, our main focus um, over the next probably three months, um, three to four months, will be to try and organise a national competition. So um, having uh, state teams play each other in a national competition. Yeah. Um, as many as we can, you know, there's, uh, most of our contingent is in New South Wales and Victoria. Okay. So it might be challenging in the first couple of years to get teams from Western Australia and, um, and Queensland, but they can always, those players can always enter a, a pool team or, um, enter as a combined team. So, um, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully that's, um, that could come through just because, um, it's sort of the foundation for setting up a, a program and having a national team is having a domestic competition. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that's that's what can get um, up and running over the next year. And then, um, you know, another international trip next year, will, I'm sure, will be um, uh, the plan, but uh, not quite sure where just yet. I wouldn't mind personally going back to England because um, it was relatively cost-effective um, thanks to... Uh, largely the efforts of um, Jason Stubbs, who did a fantastic job um, as a team manager um, for this trip and, and in general. But, um, you know, it was also really hard competition, which means you know, there's always you know, something to be said about going and playing teams that are much better than you. Yeah. It's a good experience, especially with such a new team, just to get straight into it by competing against one of the best. I think that can have a lot of value on you guys in the long term, you know. Oh, hopefully. Yeah. I think so, too. I'd just like to say that I had a, an amazing time in England, largely in part to being able to actually go in the first place because um, of Blind Sports in New South Wales, so I'd like to thank them for that. You know, it's uh, an amazing opportunity to play um, any sport for your country, but I'm a huge football fan, so to be able to do it uh, in indoor soccer is um, absolutely incredible. And um, I don't know, I suppose um, over the next few months it's mainly... Um, 
cricket and a bit of indoor soccer, but just at a just at a domestic level, playing for um, uh, Weatherall Park Raiders in the All Abilities competition here in Sydney. Um, but um, hopefully, we get some news soon on um, what's going to be happening with the Australian program and uh, and going forward there. So here in New South Wales, the 2019 and 2020 Blind Cricket New South Wales season is to begin with the next match happening between the Thunder and Sixers this Sunday, which is the 27th of October, over at Bankstown Oval. The youth match will start at 9.30 a.m. and the seniors will follow with the 1 o'clock match. The following matchups will be on the 17th of November and the 1st of December, so to make sure to mark your calendars. It's a perfect opportunity for new and experienced cricket players, so if you want to get involved in the program, be sure to reach out to Jason Stubbs, who is the New South Wales team coach. His email is Jason Stubbs, which is J-A-S-O-N-S-T-U-B-B-S, at hotmail.com. Carrying on with the cricket updates, Blind Cricket New South Wales is calling for nominations for the NCICs, which are taking place next January from the 12th to 18th of 2020. The championships are held in Geelong, Victoria, and the organization is looking for players and officials to join the squad. So if you're interested in either playing or coaching, assistant coaching, managing or assistant managing, or being a state selector, get in contact with Lindsay Heaven by email to l-i-n-d-s-a-y full stop h-e-a-v-e-n at a-n-z dot com to express your interest in joining. We'll end the podcast with a special guest who we are all too familiar with at Blind Sports New South Wales, who's going to talk about some really exciting announcements that I personally am pumped about, and I hope that you guys will be too. Well, this seems pretty long overdue, actually, to have our guest Murray Elborn on the show. I'm here, at last. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. How does it feel? I feel uh, pressuring. I feel a bit pressured. A bit, bit of anxiety about being on here. Don't oh. judge me. Um, that's a lie. All right. Well, um, Murray, you're here today to just kind of talk about some new additions to the program with goalball and blind sports. So yeah. Um, look, first of all, I'd like to um, thank you for doing the podcast for us. Um, it's a really essential part of what we're looking to build for our members um, to make things really accessible. Um, uh, for people who can't use screen readers and um, you know things that aren't accessible in print, um, this podcast will get built out and will be a staple of what we offer from Blind Sports New South Wales. So thank you for doing that. Um, and then yeah, we're just here to talk about a few things. So um, I'd firstly like to um, talk about the board change that just happened um, at the executive committee level. So um, Darren. Uh, Moyle, uh, who served on our board for about a year and a half, um, has moved back to Victoria. Um, Darren was great uh, in his role on the board in promoting um, uh, guide dogs uh, and and obviously blind sports New South Wales together, um, trying to get uh, things uh, signed off with guide dogs from an MOU perspective so that we can work better together, Um, and then was involved in our camp programs and um, other board matters. So thank you to Darren um, for his work, and welcome to the new board member, Marino Mistegniitis. Perfect. It's a bit of a mouthful, that last uh, surname, but uh, Marino... 
comes to us um, with about 16 years of experience um, working for 3M Australia, managing um, channel partnerships um, and industries uh, for 3M Australia in Australia New Zealand and then in Asia um, in leadership capacity roles. So um, he's got a wealth of experience in business, um, networking, um, strategic planning and will be a really big asset to the board. So I really appreciate him um, being available to sit on our board. And we originally met um, Marino through our relationship um, that Goldball Australia had with 3M mm. um, to get the tape and the string and the eye patches okay. um, for Goldball events. Um, and so from there, uh, Marino was really keen to give back to um, sports and sit on a board. So I felt like it was good timing with Darren moving back. So the board's really embraced him and we've already got him started looking at the strategic business plan um, and uh, and looking at uh, how we run uh, Blind Sports New South Wales, which is great. I was just kind of wanting to see what you thought his role would kind of be, like what his fit would be within the board. Yeah, definitely strategic um, at, at first, um, looking at how we do business, how we um, gain sponsorships, how we network with companies, um, you know, all of that stuff he's had so much experience with. And so it, it will really help me um, kind of uh, divert my focus and and uh, support what we're trying to achieve on the board in bringing more partnerships, more sponsorships, more strategic vision around um, the programs that we deliver. Um yeah. Yeah, so all over, I think it'll be a really good experience. It's crucial stuff too. Yeah. too. and policies and procedures. Yeah. So I think reviewing the policies and the procedures that we have in place, we should be doing that on a regular basis. Um, and then I guess the you know the culture of the organisation as well and how it functions, how we work with our sports members um, and our individual members as well. Uh, and I think you know his experience will be great. Yeah, cool. So are we going to refer to him as the big Marino moving forward? Or? <laughs> well, he's not from Goulburn, <laughs> so um, I don't think so. But, um, yeah, look, it's a, it is a really uh, great uh, get for us um, in Blind Sports New South Wales to have someone of this calibre and, and with his experience on our board. So when we're looking to change that structure as well and become, you know, more focused on attracting people like Marino yeah. um, from business who can bring new um, – skills yeah. um, to our board and our organisation to be able to you know, be more flexible in our approach to how we work. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, welcome, Marino, if you're out there listening. We're happy to have you. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, an exciting part of Goalball uh, is that we are developing a PASS program for schools um, targeted at high schools, mm-hmm. and the PASS program will be great. It addresses um, not only goalball as an adaptive curriculum physical activity um, but it also um, allows us to be able to educate students on vision impairment and blindness and um, and I guess the big differences in mainstream schools so instead of just targeting schools with vision impaired students we'll yeah. target mainstream high schools um, across Catholic education um, independent schools and Department of Education yeah. um, with that real education part in it so they'll play goalball and then they'll do orientation activities around um, being blindfolded and having adaptive glasses on um, to be able to promote awareness of being vision impaired, which is great. 
you know, is that's what it's all about is educating people um, about that. And if we can do it through sport and active recreation, that's absolutely the best case scenario. So we're really excited about that. And obviously you and Tiana have been working on that program. So, um, yeah, we're excited to trial it uh, in Term 4 and yeah. then roll it out in um, Term 1 of 2020. Yeah. It's exciting stuff. Along with the past programs, we're looking at doing the Goalball for Business. Absolutely. Yeah, so Goalball for Business um, is exciting because it's a Paralympic year next year. Um, It flows really nicely into what we want to achieve in enabling more kids with a vision impairment and blindness who are in high school wanting to get jobs um, to be connected with employers. And so if we can, again, educate an employer on the difficulties or the challenges that um, vision impaired and people with blindness have, um, that's great. That will open up work experience opportunities. It will open up um, collaboration opportunities with businesses. Uh, And already we've had uh, an amazing amount of interest in that program from partners like Variety, the children's charity, um, and their corporate entities. I've got a meeting tomorrow with them about that. Um, And then uh, at the Diversity and Inclusion Conference I attended last week, um, sitting down and talking with um, the principal um, person at Deloitte's um, and having them also come on board. So, and of course, um, through Merino, we did one of these days with 3M Australia and got some amazing feedback as well. So we know it is really impactful. And um, again, Tian, uh, as a proposed three-time Paralympian, soon to be, um, will run that program for us. So it's great to have her involved in that. Yeah. She'll do well at that as well. Absolutely. Um, and then, uh, obviously, look in this podcast, um, some really exciting stuff around um, cricket. The cricket season's ro- right underway now. Um, Sixes and Thunder Youth Games are really exciting, but also really exciting is the club competition that's coming back. So I'm really excited about the club competition between Thunder and Sixes in the adult space. Um, and to see that domestic competition come back, it's really important um for cricket and so um the guys at blind cricket new south wales are doing a really good job in trying to select uh, the ncic team to be able to go down and three-peat the uh the national inclusion cricket championships so we're excited about the possibility and they're also nominated obviously um for team of the year with a disability um, at the sports awards which is great um, and then uh, Oscar as uh, Athlete of the Year with a Disability mm-hmm. and Ethan as Youth Athlete of the Year with a Disability. Um, so some really great o- opportunities there for us to be able to promote. We also had Event of the Year up there th- for the Youth World Championships. Right? Yep, that's so. right. So uh, all around, you know, really good um, publicity for um, all the things we're doing with our members and yeah. um, events uh, in, in that space. So it's good to be recognised. Yeah. Creating that presence. Absolutely. It's a big part of the branding. So yeah. you need to be in front of people to be able to be seen, which is great. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I guess that's pretty much everything. Just to know if you had any final thoughts or mentions. Yeah. I'd just like to talk about the piece on the back page. Yeah. Um, inclusion sports media. So uh, ISM. ISM. <laughs> ism. <laughs> it's an ism. Uh, but ISM is um, basically working off what Disability Sports Network um, have done in in the past, but um, we hope to be able to have funding for this. 
and that's a big component of what we want to do. So um, Disability Sports Network um, had a lot of personal funding from Tony and Troy and Graham to start um, and then continued funding from them individually. So what we've tried to do is take what we learnt through that um, avenue and then put it into our recent NDIS submission grant for economic um, community participation. And it'll be a platform that will be run on YouTube, Twitch, and the podcast networks of iTunes and Spotify. It will incorporate podcasts like this, uh, but it'll also talk about um, opportunities for people in the vision impaired and, and blind community to be able to host their own shows. Um, and that can be anything. It can be anything from a gaming show to a political show to a um peer discussion show, an interview show. We're going to highlight employers of the month um, that are doing a great job in that inclusion space, um, sports of the month, events of the month. So we're really uh, hoping to attract some mainstream content. So yesterday, uh, actually the day before, um, Monday, I went to WWE um, and I did some great interviews with Kofi Kingston, the Iconics, Buddy Murphy, um, and uh, so we'll have content, mainstream content from sports as well on the platform, but with the twist of having uh, people with vision impairment and blindness be able to uh, host those shows, gain experience, gain skills um, in that media um, platform. And uh, we encourage everybody to take part. So if you've got any interest in hosting a show or doing a podcast or um, creating some content with us, we definitely want to hear from you. Yeah. So you could reach out to what Marie just shoot or, you or me. <laughs> you know where to reach us. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. So look, that's all really exciting. And the other parts of the grant that we're applying for are um, some really good uh, opportunities around social inclusion um, and having a really strong social inclusion plan that Liza's been working on. Um, we call it the Yay Program. Uh, y A E. And um, that's a really exciting project that uh, will open up social inclusion for all ages um, in, in the social inclusion space to just go and do things together um, within our new bus and what that looks like. Um, so we're also after your input on that as well. If you liked, uh, if you've done something that you'd really like to do again, we want to hear from you. Um, we can have all these great plans, but ultimately it's you that makes the programs. So if you don't turn up to things or you don't want to do something, then the program's not going to be successful. So tell us what you want um, and we'll bring in some members to have a roundtable discussion um, in the coming months. Uh, so if you want to put your hand up for those roundtables, um, let us know and we'll put some more things out on social media about inviting people to do that. Um, and so it's really exciting. And then we're also looking at rural um, activations. Awareness activations. Awareness activations. Yeah. Raw. Ra. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have all these great acronyms. <laughs> um, but RA is really targeted at um, employees or employers um, to be able to do things like play cricket under blindfold and adaptive glasses, to read and type, um, to just do some practical stuff under blindfolds and adaptive glasses to showcase um, some of the challenges and some of the things to think about when you're employing a person with um, low vision and blindness. So we're excited about that as well and we'll link into things like um, employment uh, expos, um, 
festivals in rural areas, uh, anywhere that we can go to partner with a council um, or a facilitation uh, for Vision Australia or Guide Dogs, um, we're really keen to do that sort of stuff. And we just did a presentation to about 40 PE teachers at um, Royal Institute for Deaf and Blind Children um, with Trudy and uh, Emily, which was fantastic, and we've had a really good response from that. So we also want to do more uh, teacher education and teacher in-service days as well yeah. from Blind Sports New South Wales perspective. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully attract more people to come and play our sports and be part of our recreation programs. Yeah. It all, all right. ties in together. It sure does. <laughs> it's the circle of life. <laughs> You're about to sing now, aren't you? The Circle of Life? No. no? no. Maybe I'll like play it in the background while, right. we, while we fade out. That'd be great. <laughs> well, thanks, Muzz, for coming onto the show. Yep. We'll have you on again sometime soon, I'm sure. Sounds good. You're doing a good <laughs> job with the podcast. And again, speak up, people. We want to hear from you. It's really important that you engage with us and tell us what you want, and then we can make it happen for you. Yeah. A lot of the upcoming things that we want to make focus a lot on that engagement so absolutely yeah it's all about member engagement so um, please join us and tell us what you want and we'll do our absolute best to be able to provide it for you yeah all right thank you have a great day everyone well that's all i've got for this edition of the blind sports new south wales podcast thanks for listening and thank you to sean and murray for stopping in to speak with me about some really exciting things that we're doing in the organization Again, don't be afraid to reach out and give us some feedback or give us some ideas on or um, activities that you guys want to participate in in the upcoming year. We really want to engage with you guys and we really want you guys to feel like you're being heard. So reach out to me or any of our team members. You know who we are. Um, we are really happy to have a chat and just kind of see where you guys are at for 2020. It's going to be a great year. See you next time. Bye.